0: Welcome to the Scrunch Creator Economy Show. I'm your host, Danielle Lewis, CEO of Scrunch, the destination for the creator economy. On this podcast, we interview the brands, agencies, creators and tools supporting the creator economy to shine a light on the businesses doing epic things for this ecosystem, as well as uncovering how anyone can get in on this $100 billion industry. And trust me, it's just getting started. joey thank you so much for being here on the scrunch creator economy show i'm so happy to have you and chat with you
1: my pleasure i'm super honored to 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 be joining you to you know get into this talk uh thanks so much for reaching out to me to have a, a conversation together
0: Amazing. Well, I always like to start with just sharing your story. So I know, um, you know, hockey played a massive part in your journey, but I'd love to know kind of how you got there. Like, tell me the backstory.
1: Okay. So, um, I'm 28 today, so I'll go back in time more than a couple of years. (laughs) Amazing. um, (laughs) Um, so, I was uh, an athlete all my life, specifically playing um, ice hockey here in Canada. Um, And I had quite the journey. I stopped playing when I was about 19 years old, so approximately like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And growing up, uh, especially with my hockey career, social life and everything, I was always very, um, I was always known as the smallest kid around. I was way behind my years physically. Mm -hmm. Um, So that played a massive uh, disadvantage and a big um, like adversity. uh, There was a big adversity obstacle uh, Mm. pretty much every single year um, as I got older and as I wanted to um, play at a better level in hockey. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, it's hard to go back 10 years time. Yeah. More, but, uh, I'll, tr- I'll try to sum it up the best I can so that no one gets lost and so that you don't get lost either. But um, uh, th- there was a very big shift when I was 15 years old, because that's when I started working out. And that's when I, um, that's when things got very serious with my hockey career mm-hmm. um, at a very young age. Um, there was a big, big, there was a lot of adversity. Uh, and you know, just looking back today, those years um, helped a lot for who I am today. And all you know, in my twenties up to this point, they were very helpful. Um, so to answer your question, uh, when I was 15, um, I had um, I had moved to a, a, a city uh, here in Canada, in the suburbs of Montreal, north of Montreal, and. Uh, at 15 here in Canada, you're in grade 11. So I'm okay. not too sure and familiar how it is where, where you live, but um, it's high school. It's grade 11. It's your last year of mm. high school. That's where you graduate and, and everything. And then after you graduate grade 11, then you have a couple of years of what they call like college here. Gotcha. Uh, it's kind of like a pre-university or university, depending on what program you you, you go for or what you shoot for. Um, so when we had March break, which is like spring break here, um, I was very, i I was looking at what my options were for the following year in Mm. terms of what was going to be my path for hockey, what was going to be my path for school. And at that time, I saw a lot of people in my entourage, you know, going that I went to school with, or that I was, was going to school with applying for all these colleges and they had kind of like a plan and my plan I knew in my mind that (laughs) hockey for me was number one before anything I had to set my mind put all of my eggs and energy in one basket and really strive for what I really wanted to accomplish which was to play professionally and um, so during spring break I had to look at my options and it's very difficult here in my province of Quebec, which is a, a province or a state or whatever in the country of Canada, uh, it's very difficult to find a school and hockey uh, that are kind of linked together. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is always separate. So it's kind of like you either go all in on school or go all in on like hockey. So it's, it's very hard to do both at the same time. If you want to you know keep a good, um, keep a good uh, level like on both. Mm yeah balance on both um so during that spring break i um i reached out to um a team that i wanted to try out for which was the best team and the best uh place that you could go to um to play at 15 years old so all the best 15 year olds in this region that i was living at um i wanted to try out for that team And I was new in this area, so no one really knew who I was. I didn't have any friends in that area. And I was very small. So it was maybe a month before my 16th birthday, or let's just say 15 years old, 15, 16. Mm -hmm. Um, I was not even five feet, one inches tall, uh, not even 100 pounds. Um, I don't know if you work in kilos, but it's not a lot. It's not even or yeah it's really not a lot so I was way behind my ears again like I said before physically and so I reached out to the manager of this team and he got back to me I remember still to this day it was an email saying like the first sentence was um what are your stats meaning how how tall are you what's your weight and I kind of lied uh (laughs) and so I I I got an invite to those tryouts Um, And I remember showing up to that uh, weekend of tryouts. I walked into the dressing room and I, I I didn't know no one. And I walked into that dressing room and I still remember the feeling. My heart dropped. Mm. I looked around and everybody was like double my size. They all looked at me like, who is this new person? Um, And I remember during that first practice after it finished, I I couldn't even breathe. I thought I had asthma. It was like I had so much anxiety. Uh I remember stepping out of that arena and um, leaving, looking at my mom and being like, I I was crying. I said, I'm not coming back to this. Um, I, I wanted to give up everything. Fast forward um that's where I went to the next day I, m- I remember I went with my mom in the car we saw a gym and I was like can I go work out can we uh, get my get a membership up at this gym and <laughs> the rest is history that's where it really started
0: <laughs> wow um
1: I was so serious about just gaining size improving my on-ice performance um and then again I was left with no team no school no team uh I remember I wrote down. Um, an email and every team that I could find in North America for my age group, literally every single province and state, there was about over a thousand emails that I sent out, uh, asking if I could go try out and they always fell back on how big I was and where did I play. Mm. Um, And I remember finding this one school uh, that was in a different province, uh, province of Ontario and Ottawa, um, I had reached out to this school. It's, it it was, it's a school that's, uh, just for hockey players. Mm -hmm. Um, so everything was on campus. It was a newly built school and everything. I reached out to that school and asked if I could get a tryout or, or if I could get a chance. Um, and then I remember getting an email back, but, um, like a lot of boarding schools or prep schools, as they call it in North America or United States, it's very expensive. It could mm-hmm. be from $30,000, $40,000, all the way up to maybe $60,000, depending wow. on, on the school. Uh, and obviously, you know, my family didn't have that money. My dad was very sick and... Um, I remember just going to visit that school here in Ottawa. And again, you know, my, my size came into to play. And I remember the president of the school saying, this is not the place for you. You're going to have to look somewhere else. And I was so gutted inside. Mm. But in my mind, I was like, there's something about the school. It's, you know, th- there's something about it. And a week after, a week later, that president sent me an email saying, you know, we might have an opening for you uh, maybe just write up a letter to see if you could get donations to attend this school. It was $35,000 for an out of province, uh, student, which was the fee that we needed to, I needed to pay for my parents. Mm. We didn't have that money. So I wrote up a letter in English and French, and I still have it. I, I have it framed. (laughs) Um, I wrote on one side, it was, uh, an English version on the other side. It was a French version. I, I speak both languages. So I had that in my hand and I also had it on an, in an email format and I sent it to, I have a binder still with every single company, every single person that I was able to reach out to mm-hmm. uh, from like McDonald's to Blackberry, the telephones, to uh, professional hockey players here where, where I live, like literally so many people in, in companies. Mm-hmm. And the only donation that I got in, like over the summer of that year was only twenty dollars from a corner store five minutes from my house. Oh, I didn't get no. nothing.
0: Oh.
1: And uh, September is usually the month uh, when school starts and usually when when the hockey season here starts. And mm. September was quickly approaching, and I only had twenty bucks and twenty dollars in my piggy bank.
0: Wow. Um,
1: I didn't know what to do. Um. So I I we. I reached out to the president of that school again. I said, look, I only have $20 and fast forward a bit. um, It was the school started, the hockey season started. I had nothing. I wasn't in school. I wasn't playing hockey. I didn't know what to do. Um, And I, there was a date that came to mind three weeks after uh, school started there. That team was leaving for um, a showcase, which is like a tournament uh, with a lot of scouts in the United States. that were going to Detroit, Michigan. And in my head, I was like, if I'm not on that bus somehow, forget it. Like it's literally all over because the team is going to connect. There's people mm. from all around the world that are attending this school, from Europe, from Australia, from pretty much everywhere that are joining this school. And I was like, if I'm not on that bus, forget it. The team is going to be connected welded together they're going to be they're going to have a great bond I'm not I'm not going to be part of it again um I, I just felt out so my goal was to get on that bus no matter what and then figure out the rest later I got on that bus um I played that show I played at that showcase how did you get Michigan. on this
0: bus how did you do this <laughs> um I'm so invested I need to know
1: <laughs> uh, i I, my mom and i my mom helped a lot through this process we were I, i i remember just rewinding a bit um i remember being in school uh and out of nowhere i hear on the intercom that my mom is there to pick me up from school and i was like what's going on uh so we got i got you know i took my stuff i got in the car she picked me up she said let's go we're going to um we're gonna go give your letter in hand to all these professional uh hockey players that will be coming out of their practice facility so we waited in the rain for about three hours until each player each manager every agent that was coming out of the the garage the parking lot uh, we gave it in their hands each one of them and again i only got 20 dollars from the corner store which i find was very um it, 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 it still gets to me to this day because yeah that's a whole different story but i only got twenty dollars and how i got on that bus is uh i messaged the president i was like look i only got twenty dollars can we figure something else later i really need to get on this bus um he called me back two days later he called us back my mom and i and he said come on over um come to detroit and then we'll figure out the rest later i so i got on i I took all my stuff i packed i packed my suitcase um and actually he said you know if when we come back from the detroit uh, tournament uh you know if it doesn't work out you could just head on back home and you know my mom and i were like you know if i'm going to go if i'm going to get on this bus it's to stay for good it yeah. doesn't make sense to go you know being a 15 year old kid bringing this kid over from a different province at such a young age with, you know, all this happening in in the background. um, If I were, if I'm to go, I'm not coming back. I'm there to stay. And he, I guess, realized that he realized what he said. And he said, just come, just come on the, on the bus and um, we'll see where this takes us. So I got on, on that bus, played that tournament um which was so crazy because everything happened in such a quick it happened in like two days all of this and i had to get a passport also to travel to a different country because i didn't have anything so i wrote up a letter to the customs office and i was able to get a passport within like 24 hours to hop on this bus to go to to a different country in detroit in the u.s um fast forward again um it's a very long story so i'm gonna i'm trying to just (laughs) compress it all so you could understand it also um september went october went by november went by uh, and then december i was still at this campus i was living there i had my dorm my roommate was from switzerland i was playing on this team it was amazing and about like two weeks before Christmas break, I didn't know this, but my mom got a phone call from the finance department and the finance department saw that we only paid like $20 or actually we didn't pay anything. And the finance department, the head of finance uh, called my mom and said, you know, we're approaching uh, a new year, Christmas break, Um, the holidays. Do you expect to pay anything soon? And My mom, I didn't know this, but my mom kind of was on the spot. And she was like, look, I have a credit card that has a $5,000 limit on it. I'll max out that credit card for my son. I didn't know this. Um, And, you know, and then I'll I'll pay for the rest of my mom was like, I'll pay for the rest of my life if I need to. But my son needs to stay there for the rest of the year. Mm. I didn't know this. So uh, she was coming to pick me up for the Christmas break so I could go back home um, for the holidays and, um, I'm getting goosebumps because what I'm about to tell you, uh, and maybe a, a couple days later after she got that phone call from the finance department, the president of the school, um, I'm not going to use his name, but the president of that school called my mom and, uh, gave her the news that, or gave her some, some good news that I didn't know of. and um so holidays were approaching so my mom came to pick me up she was on campus and I needed to pack everything to leave for a couple weeks for the holidays and I remember grabbing everything that I had I had two suitcases I was rolling them out of my dorm room and it's a long long hallway and when I looked to my right all I see at the end of the hallway it was a straight hallway. All I see at the end is this, the president of the school and, 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 um, and campus and everything. He was on my right. And just coincidentally, my mom was on the left entering the, 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 the dorm building. Um, so like but, there was movie. no movie else in the building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was stepping out of my dorm room. I was closing the door. I see my mom on the left. I see the president of the school on the right and, Then we just all came in together and the president of the school looks at my mom and I'm in the middle and he says, did you tell him? And then I'm looking, I'm like, Oh my God, I probably got scouted for like a professional team. I I was, I was like, "There's a scout that probably saw me play during these last few months. I was freaking out. I was like, Oh my God, what is it? And she looked at him and she's like, no, I didn't tell him. And then I was like, okay, what is it? So he looks at me and he's like, um, it's to tell you that uh, there's an angel that came from the sky and, and dropped a check of $25,000 in your name on my desk this morning or during before the holidays. What? And as soon as I heard that news, there was like a huge weight that lifted on my off my shoulders. Mm. And I was like, it worked. Yeah, it actually worked because every single day for almost like a year, I was on my computer, I remember it was like 40 degrees outside, I had a fan on my desk just pointing <laughs> towards me, sending out these emails, trying to get donations, bringing it to companies, um, and yeah, there was an angel that dropped a check of $25,000 in my name, and I obviously got a scholarship for the remainder, uh, they waived the fee, and the balance of that year was $0, I spent the whole year at that school, and wow. um, I graduated from there. I got awards from that school and, um, it was just like a small victory. I was like, I knew it worked because I didn't give up. I had no plan B. And while that whole year, a lot of people were telling me to have a plan B, I was like, no, I, I can't send a plan B because it's going to take away from my planning of what I really want.
0: Mm. Um,
1: and it worked, it, it really worked. And, um, And then, uh, yeah, that that year, honestly, up to this day, set a solid foundation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was, I acquired so many tools and it's just, it's something so uh, significant in my life up to this point and will always be. And it taught me at a young age, you know, battling like just anxiety and dealing with like full of things just physically and having so much adversity growing up also with that, um, was, was a huge victory. Um, oh, I and- can only
0: imagine that setting your mind to something at, you know, 15, 16 years old and committing to it every day for a year and then having it finally pay off. Like that's incredible. That's like, okay, I can actually Literally do pay anything. Off. I can do anything I want in my whole life. <laughs>
1: 100% and up to this day, I still keep that mentality, uh, mm-hmm. that structure, that formula that I used. Yeah, I always refer back to that because it was so, so, so difficult mm-hmm. day in and day out. I, I didn't go out with friends. I, I didn't even go to my graduation, mm-hmm. Uh, that grade 11 at that year. The, the, nothing like it, uh, there was so many days that i was crying like in my backyard in my room mm. I, di- I didn't know what to do everybody kept saying no i only got 20 dollars, and i sent it to over like a thousand companies and people and mm. p pe- like companies you know with you know that could that could easily well i'm mm. not saying easily but that have probably the um, the the ways to to mm. donate or things mm. like that or programs but I only got twenty dollars and it was like from a hot dog and hamburger corner store in my city wow. um, and uh, yeah I did went you on ever to, find
0: to out who get, did you ever find out who this angel was
1: I I did uh, they reached out through email uh, years later. Cool. And I'm still in contact with them to this wow. day, and uh, they're they are close but far and distance um, mentors for me. And um, yeah, it's it was it, it was amazing also to find out who and everything it, that was such a it, it was so emotional. And it was years later that I found out. But on that spot, like the feeling, the just everything in one was, was crazy. And, and also how it happened, how my mom was there without, mm. you know, calling the president of the school and matching it because mm. he was checking each room to see if the kids were gone. It was crazy. And um, I took advantage of that year. We had access to, you know, gym. We had access to, to all the food we wanted. Uh, it was the best level of hockey I could play at that age. I met so many great people from around the world. Uh, it was such an experience at such a young age. It's it's almost like a little like dream that little kids, that's young kids, dream of of doing. You know, you're living with your hockey team, your friends. Uh, they're right across my door. I can knock on their door. They're living there. It's it was just it, it was a cool experience that I'll cherish forever and um, that was just the beginning that I graduated from there, my grade 12 year. Um, mm-hmm. I graduated from there with awards and everything. And, um, I ended up playing on the first line, uh, of my hockey team, um, through the, throughout the second half of that year, which was a huge uh, milestone for me and a huge achievement. Um, and then I went on to sign with a team in the United States, Amazing. in uh, New York state. and um and then that just didn't uh work out. There was just things that didn't fall into place correctly uh once I signed with that team, and uh I was very in shape uh through those years, and I just decided to get active on social media, share mm-hmm. everything about uh kind of i was doing at that point and slowly built a following and slowly built um a coaching business through uh what i had because it was kind of after everything dropped once i signed with that team after it didn't work out i was kind of back to where i was in terms of no hockey no school but a year later um And so I was like, what do I have right now that I could use to my advantage? And it was, you know, the whole fitness aspect of it all. And so I did. Um, And that's where the whole social media kind of game started uh, like 10, 11 years ago.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask. So you've got 115,000 followers now, which is massive. Um, And obviously you're sponsored, you have your own business, you do the coaching, like, the, the leap from oh my God, I want to be a professional hockey player and going through that adversity, having those successes, and then it not working out and then going, Oh my God, I've got to change, I've got to, you know, reinvent myself. But I yeah. love how you went, well, what tools do I have now at my disposal and how can I use them to build a business? So, so talk to me about that. So obviously you started a decade ago on social media, um, yep. which is right when everything was starting. Um, yeah, tell me about that process and and how it's grown
1: yeah so um so yeah like you said i i like the tools that i had in my tool bag that i was able to Mm. use at that moment to my advantage was the whole fitness aspect i was so above uh, a lot of people it's it's so weird because between like 15 and like 17 i took a huge leap in terms of like the whole physical performance and Mm -hmm. and just everything in terms of fitness um there was always like fitness testings with uh, hockey teams and everything. And I, I, funny enough, I always finished in like first with the tryouts of, of those teams and the hockey testing, uh, the hockey fitness testing. And uh, which was crazy because coming from this small, small kid, <laughs> that it, was, it was always the reverse thing. Mm. Um, it slowly built up to being that. And um, that same year, when I started to get active on social media and post fitness related stuff, about a year later, I decided to do a, a physique competition, um, and in that same year, I did four competitions and ended up winning my pro card uh, as a physique competitor wow. uh, in on in the year when I was eighteen or nineteen. Mm-hmm. So maybe a year or two years later, uh, I ended up winning a pro card, which again was so. I'll use the word funny because. I went, you know, my, all my high school year, my Mm -hmm. school years, my hockey years too. growing up, it was always a question of um, like physique, how big I was, how tall I was, how much did I weigh? And then a couple of years later, I ended up being on stage uh, as a physique competitor, because I just wanted to try something like that. Mm -hmm. I had it in my, in my tool bag. I wanted to try it out and it went very well. And, um, during that time like simultaneously as i was working out and competing and all that um there was a lot of people reaching out to me being like oh can you help me i have i want to attain this i want to achieve this physically and i was like whoa these are the same people that i played hockey with these are the same people that i went to school with asking wow. me questions or coming back to me for <laughs> like uh, fitness help which mm. was completely insane to me i was like i was realizing this i was like whoa this is so crazy mm. um And so that's where it it kind of started. And um, I just got active on, on social media. And I was always, when I was like, even before 15 years old, I was always, I always had a a geeky side to, Mm -hmm. to me. I loved uh, gaming. I loved uh, everything that had to do with like Photoshop editing videos. I remember posting my first YouTube video in 2006 or eight, um, way before anything started. And I still have those videos, I think up or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, that helped me for, for, um, when I actually started social media, because I knew already how to edit videos, how to edit like pictures, how to retouch pictures. And, um, yeah and that's where it all started i started my uh coaching business um and then i started to taste a bit of the world of e-commerce in terms of clothing brands that i started Mm -hmm. and i ended up working with a lot of uh companies as like a model or sponsors uh throughout the years and um it goes by fast time goes by fast just talking about this because that's, that's already like eight 10 years ago, which is, again, crazy.
0: (laughs) And so what do you find? Because I often have creators who... um, you know, uh, you know, have built these massive followings and they're kind of relying on sponsored posts or like ambassadorships from brands. But I know you do that, but you also have your own business as well. Like what, what do you think about that? Do you think as a creator, it's important to have something that you own that your business asset so that you don't have to always rely on kind of brand deals?
1: 100%, 100% because um, it, it could be, it could be, it's, it's good to have both mm. and it's good to not shut off both, um, but it's very good to have something in your name because you're in control of it. You don't yeah. know what all those other th- companies or people, you know, you, it's not um, sustainable. It's not long-term, so to speak. Mm. Um, but, you know, in terms of having your own as a creator, it'll stay a lot, it- it'll stay rolling as long as you're alive and if it gets to a certain point obviously you could structure it a certain way as to if you're not present physically and not there it could still roll too um but it's very good to have both because mm-hmm. um you can't create everything you can't create everything in every single domain
0: mm-hmm. and i don't
1: think that's the right thing also even if you have a massive following uh, sure you have a lot of eyeballs and a lot of attention but Um, you know, I I prefer to just kind of focus on a couple things and, uh, leave all those sponsorship deals and contracts and ambassador programs, um, to other things, because also I don't have to stress about all those other brands. I just need to focus on my task, Mm -hmm. deliver, uh, with the contract and agreement that I have with that company or brand. And that's all I need to do. Um, so, it's good to have both. It's it's yeah. always good to never close off um, one opportunity or the other. And um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's very good to have both. And I think, yes, it is important to um, to have something in your own name.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's when- also fun. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, like running your own business is kind of (laughs) hard. So, you know, I imagine that, you know, it's an opportunity to learn more skills, right? Like it's an opportunity to grow again, um, going into like a business arena.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. And I I was curious, I know you're asking me the questions, but I was curious as to what, um, kind of what, what what you do how how did how did you start this podcast and i don't even know if uh, you often get the questions thrown back at you but uh, I'm very curious to know as well because I could probably learn something or it's it's super interesting too. and I see you have a stack of books behind you. so um I know you're you're probably into learning a lot <laughs> of different things and uh, having different conversations with people as to how you could learn too from different people. and yeah, I'm curious to know how 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 you started your own podcast or how everything works on on your end.
0: Yeah, well, this is kind of new for us. So we have come from the influencer marketing space. So for the last 10 years, basically, we have a technology platform that's called Scrunch and we connect influencers to brands. But in the last 12 months, I've kind of seen the whole world change. So we're not calling them influencers or bloggers anymore. Now we're calling them creators. And I've just been obsessed with business for a long time i've I started an e-commerce brand and and sold that. I've got another coaching uh-huh. business where I help female founders um, with their sales and marketing. And I was kind of looking at Scrunch this year and thinking about how it had to change and adapt. To the new creator economy that we're calling it, and I kind of realized that I could apply everything that we've learned for the last decade in business and actually help creators start their own businesses, um, and also mm. tell the stories of you know creators, brands, agencies, you know people that have built companies that are supporting creators. So yeah, this podcast has evolved firstly, just to tell those stories. Um, and I'm just finding the more and more I talk to different people, the more it's sort of moving towards, you know, this idea of a creator becoming a CEO or, you know, starting their own business. Right, yeah. So, so that's kind of how we're sort of morphing and, and adapting as well, which is super that's exciting. Amazing. It's yeah, it's really cool. Actually. Wow. i really, I that's love so it. so cool. Mm. Yeah. No, it's so um, good.
1: And yeah. Do, do you find that these, um, do you find that these like uh, talks and conversations in terms of the podcast, do you find that it's a, it's a good tool to do on your end in terms of just learning to get different angles as to probably not ways that you could improve, but just get more insight as to, um, uh, you know, to, to throw back into your end in terms of like scrunch and everything that you're doing? Is, is there also that angle of the, the, the podcast in terms of the learning aspect?
0: Oh, absolutely. And it's so interesting because every person has a different um, experience and story, but also a gap and challenge in terms of where they're trying to go next. So that really helps us kind of identify what tools we need to develop to support mm-hmm. our community. So, yeah, right. absolutely. It's it's like it's like fun research. I get to sit here with a cup of coffee yeah. and just like hear about well, that's why. awesome lives. <laughs> but, yeah, but it's the way we research is. As well and so nice. and obviously it helps us but when we put out that podcast you know somebody else is listening to your story and going oh my god I could start my own business I've got the tools and the means and 100%. so it so it also serves as just inspiring people in the community as well
1: yeah I agree um wh- what are your three recommendations of books
0: from, oh my god I need to have a I'm better looking
1: at that stack since before <laughs>
0: I need to have a good answer to this question because you're not the first person that's asked me. But my favorites are, so The 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. That was the first book that um, made me discover online business because I grew up in a really, really traditional family, like went to uni, got a full-time job. I just, I didn't even know you could start a business when I started my business. Wow. Um, so that was super inspirational. Um, I love Atomic Habits by James Clear because it's just super good like it just makes it breaks everything down and it kind of goes you know what I know you have these big dreams but you only have to like bite off these tiny little steps and tiny habits to get there which I love Mm -hmm. um and then the other one is I think it's called it's something like The Buddha and the Badass. It's by the guy huh. who started Mind Valley, which is like an online learning platform. And it marries these ideas of being Zen and, you know, mindful and the hustle of actually running a business. So it's oh, really, wow. yeah, it's really cool. So they're probably my top three mm. at the moment, I think.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah. There's probably so many to choose from too, to break it down. And there's so the many opinion, I haven't but...
0: actually read as well. <laughs> I I haven't heard all of them that's my disclaimer <laughs>
1: good good well I like the honesty that's good yeah. at least. <laughs> nice.
0: oh so good so good well look mm-hmm. I think we're getting almost to time so why don't we wrap up with one last question um if you could give say a new creator so somebody that was just starting out um one piece of advice what would that be uh
1: so a digital creator on, on- so the advice I would give or one piece of advice or the best piece of advice that I could give uh, for a creator that's just starting off or wanting to start off, or maybe that already started, but just wants to level up in, in their field or game. Yeah. So honestly, the, the best or not the best, but my, my best way of answering this is I still even have these conversations too now with my girlfriend and everything. It's a, it's an mm. ongoing thing, but the best mm. piece of advice, um, we're our biggest like critics and, and judge. Mm. So, um, you know, that'll always stay. Um, so the best piece of advice, and it's crazy because we were just talking about this like kind of before or recently, is just post no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's number one, just post, stay super authentic as to what you're doing. Um, it doesn't matter if you have an iPhone, a camera, a camcorder, a video camera, um, uh, a flip phone from year 2000, <laughs> it does not matter. Yeah. Um, because it's, cr- and the reason why I'm saying that is because so many of my videos that I posted, whether it was on TikTok that got over 5 million views, whether it was a YouTube video that got over a million views, or whether it was a million views on, on a reel, it all came from a phone. Mm. And that made me realize so much. I was like, you just got to post. Yeah. And you don't know which one. You can't just be like, either, you can't be like, oh, I'm going to focus on creating something so good because it's going to blow up because Mm -hmm. it doesn't work like that. You just have to post, post what you're doing on a daily basis, post what you want to share and just stay, just that's how you're going to stay true to to what you're posting and um, try to never sell either. If you're looking to build a personal brand or uh, an image in terms of like being a creator and not so much like, if if you're wanting to just build an e-commerce business and brand or a clothing brand that doesn't have your name on it, then that's a whole different ballgame. But if you're looking to build your name, Joey Horniak, as a personal brand and as an image, don't sell, just post. Because people are going to come to you, they're going to ask you how, you know, you got in shape, how can I get changes someone reaching out to you to be on their podcast mm. um i didn't reach it you know i'm not reaching out to you to ask if i could be on your podcast i'm not selling to you know i'm mm. not here selling all the time um obviously now it's a different point after 10 years but um don't sell just post just post just post and yes. uh who cares about the amu- amount of followers you have because the reason why i say that and i always will give this example and i know this is a uh, probably a huge uh answer that i'm giving as you know, to your question, No, it's good. <laughs> the, 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 the followers can get really into someone's head. And, the, and this example that I'm going to give is one that I always try to give to someone that asks me this question is, for example, if you have someone that has a million followers on Instagram or any type of platform, and they're posting selfies on every single post, and then you have this person, you know, person B that um, has, I don't know, 10,000 followers or 100,000 followers or less pick whatever what number you want and that posts these high quality photography artistic creative posts or pictures and i was nike or any big brand i'm saying a sports brand because i'm in that field and nike sees person a that has a million followers that just posts selfies every day or every post and then you have person b that has a thousand, uh, 100,000 followers or less, that posts these creative pictures. If I'm the person managing Nike, and I'm looking for someone uh, to market my new product for a campaign, I'm going to choose p- uh, person B, because yeah. he's able or she's able to sell my product better, mm-hmm. to have a better image. And uh, being a person at Nike, I know that the um, ROI of that person B will be a much better and bigger return than mm-hmm. person A. Even if person A has 10 times the amount of followers, 10 times the amount of likes, Nike is going to reach out to person B. And I'd be surprised if they choose person A, meaning the person with a million followers that just posts selfies all day. If you have obviously you know a million followers with a very good reach, but you also post creative pictures and posts, then that's a thumbs even up. That's mm. a different thing. Yes, even better. Mm. But just so that someone could understand that starting off or that's thinking like, oh my God, I got to grow my following or likes and everything. Always think of that example. And I've always thought of that example. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't even have a million followers. And I remember being at 75, 50,000 followers and still landing these big contracts because of time that I put, or, you know, effort that I put into creating a certain post or image or whatever, whether it came through a phone or camera, um, yeah, it, I always stick to that thought. So those are kind of, that's kind of like my summary, so to speak, as to kind of the, the tip or tips that I would give for someone just starting off or that wants to begin or that just wants to level up their game and get a better understanding um you know, moving forward. And I'm not saying I'm the best at this, but I do have some some experience and whether or not you're watching or listening to this, um, take what you want, use what you want. And, you know, yeah, you, use, use something from this person, use something from this person and, and then make it your own and just be active on, on social media. And one other thing before wrapping up is um, don't always stay grounded too. Mm. um respond to people who have 500 followers who who you know don't put yourself on a pedestal too much and think like you're all it or you, all all that stuff um i have seven rules that that i follow this and this links back to the angel that dropped from the sky that person had wrote to me seven rules of life in that email that i found out uh, who that was and i took those seven rules of life i wrote them down i framed it and Uh, As like one of the rules in those seven is to stay grounded and to always remember where kind of you came from and everything like that, no matter how much money you're going to end up having, or all the materialistic stuff that you have or the amount of followers again, is to just always stay grounded and I think that goes uh, a long ways.
0: Incredible. You are absolutely awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your stories and your insights and your tips with the scrunch community. We couldn't be more grateful to have you on the show. Thank you.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: The Scrunch Creator Economy Show is brought to you by none other than Scrunch. Join our global membership community and get access to the tools, education and community you need to thrive in the creator economy. I can't wait to see you in the next episode of the Scrunch Creator Economy Show.